Hello, Next Geners. Welcome to a Tuesday form preview. Tomorrow's Thousand Guineas Day. Now, for those who had listened to our show yesterday with Ollie, I had promised that we'd have an Everest special today with Peter Volandis and Glenn Boss. It's, it's pretty standard, Hayden, that when I go out and promote who we're having on the show, we have to change plans. So, unfortunately, the boss of Racing New South Wales forgot that the Everest barrier draw was on today. So, he's promised to come on the show tomorrow. And unfortunately, Bossy is riding at Warwick Farm tomorrow. So we'll have our Everest special tomorrow, Hayden, with uh, Peter Volandis. These things happen, don't they, mate? It's odd time of the year. Everyone's um, extremely busy. And when the boss is trying to um, run three different operations at once, um, these things are going to happen, aren't they? Yeah. But yeah. pretty much your curse has kicked in again. We don't go early. We're going to keep them up our sleeve. Yeah, I know. We do have a nice guest lined up for Thursday for our uh, form preview for Caulfield Cup Day, but I don't want to spruik that because um, you know, we've been there, done that before. So we'll just let that play out. But yeah, it's going to be a real thrill to have Peter Volandis take some time out of his day to uh, chat to us about the mega Everest with the draw was done today. I'm not sure if you caught it at all, mate. Um, I think G-Try in one. Um, Mask Crusaders out in nine or ten. Have you caught the barrier draw at all? Uh, I just had a certain, uh, a couple of little chess pieces that um, I was interested in to make the race really great. Rarely do I care about barriers. Barriers are something that um, I think are vastly overplayed. Um, we can talk ourselves in and out of things for no reason and 100 to 200 metres into a race think, well, why do I even think that in the first place? Mm. Um so I think they're majorly overplayed. This race was one that I had an interest in. I thought if the race was going to be, you know, the big fireworks special that we all hope it would be, I needed Nature Strip to draw outside of Eduardo, which happened. Um, I needed Home Affairs to draw inside of both, which happened. Um, and I thought it would be Advantage Mask Crusader if he was tucked in um, nicely towards the inside. So I got all four ducks in a line. So I'm very happy with the way that draw was um, played out. Okay. So we're going to hold you to that later in the week when we ask you to dissect the Everest for us. But today's show is going to be short and sharp. It's all about tomorrow's meeting at Caulfield. The Group 1000 Guineas is back on the midweek card. We've had a number of years where the 1000 Guineas was moved to the Saturday with the Caulfield Guineas. But I like this, the Group 1 back there. It adds, you know, obviously that um, elite race to the card and, you throw in the blue sapphire and the kunji, which is a ticket into the Caulfield Cup. And tomorrow's card's a neat little, neat little race day. It is. It's a really intriguing race day. Um, probably the two things that vital for me was um, rail into the nine meter position for tomorrow. Um, we'll revert back to the true for Caulfield Cup day. Um, the other thing I was quite interested in too is they uh, put six millimeters of irrigation on after. Um, you know, the drums were beating on the weekend that we raced on a nice, fast racetrack. Um, but what is Jane Bunn going to say tonight? Because there's, um, you know, the bomb website's got the prediction for 8 to 20 mil. Wow, okay. Does that hit Caulfield or does that hit your house in Geelong? Um, which is, you know, that's an intriguing part that just throws the new spanner into the works. Um, rail in the nine-metre position typically if you can just get away from the fence as a leader, um, the, the track will play on speed. You get in the end of the better lanes at Caulfield. But if the rain does hit it, um, 
you know, they have raced on this part of the racetrack previously and they'll be digging up the fence once again. So if they do get a little bit of moisture on it, um, this rail position can play very favourable to getting away from the fence and it's pretty sharp sort of stuff in the middle of the track. So all eyes are going to be on the weather because that's going to be a big, big part of this meeting. It's interesting. I've got the Bureau of Meteorology here and it's actually got a detailed forecast for Caulfield and it's got no rain hitting Caulfield until sort of 8 p.m. Uh, tomorrow night, which is interesting because, as you said, um, Melbourne is due for 8 to 20 mil. So we'll have to play that one by ear, I guess. Um, we know that the track's probably going to have uh, a bit of firmness to it in preparation for any rain, um, and it raced pretty damn well. I know there was some feedback on Saturday about it being too firm and a few scratchings particularly for a couple of those stayers on routes to the cup who have European backgrounds and used to a bit of give. But um, other than that, the best horses won on the weekend. And let's just try and find the best horses tomorrow. That's always a great starting point. Race one's, yeah, race one's a thoroughbred breeders, Vic handicap, 1600 metres. It's for three-year-olds, benchmark 70. Obviously this lot aren't the um, aren't anywhere near the top line of um, three-year-olds, but They've got exposed form, so you might be able to find a betting opportunity for us, Hayden. Capital Legend at 380, Rhinoceros 440, Cheerful Moment 5, Ducier 550 and Dark Rebel 7, Audrey Gill 12, Blushing Tycoon 13, All too, uh, sorry, All So Clear 17. Interesting, hard race to pull apart, very even. One thing about this lot is I thought this lot were very progressive, but we didn't have much exposure. Um, the other thing with them too is, um, which makes it even more difficult is they've all got consistent style form profiles where, you know, there's a lot of top four finishes in there as well as quite a few wins. So in the races that they've been exposed to, they've been competitive and, um, there's winners amongst them. You know, these, um, horses named after the Royal Plains of Africa, the rhinoceros comes here, um, I've been, in, I've really enjoyed this stables um, horses since they've brought their little team over from Cambridge. I think they're very smart operators and very good trainers. So, you know, they're definitely people that we can follow once they do um, head back home. Lindsay Smith run a cheerful moment. I thought he was the most progressive of the lot. His performance last at Flemington when he just missed behind Cuban link beating Tramatana was quite good. Um, it looked progressive. I was taken by his last 400 metres, um, the 1.3 length above benchmark last 200, home 11.72. I thought that was sharp. Um, he's got some progression and fitness-wise, that should be really um, favourable for a horse like him. So he can um, progress and he can start to push that benchmark range, which in a race like this would be pretty dangerous. Was a runner down the bottom also clear for the Hayes? Ben and JD camp, they've come off two really slow run races, big squeezes through the mid, latest eight, eight, 18 and a half length squeeze through the mid race. Um, and he was a real strong sustained last 600. For them to go and roll the dice in a race like this, they must have some opinion of him. So, you know, he's one, definitely one for the multiples. The Rhino in front, um, you know, there's going to be an element of leader bias there. So he's going to be a hard horse to catch, but hard race to bet in. All right, let's skip over. I don't have a strong opinion there, but I, I am interested in betting in the second race. It's the Coonji Cup, Group 3, 
these horses, there's a ticket into the Caulfield Cup for those who want it. And that's why the race is so early on the card because um, you know, there's only going to be four days back up into the Caulfield Cup. So give those horses as much time as possible to get themselves ready. Floating Artist is $1.85. He was meant to run or he was accepted to run in the Herbert Power that uh, Delphi one on Saturday. They've decided to run here. I think 2,000 metres probably suits this horse a bit better than the 2,400 of the Herbert Power. And that's probably why he's a $1.85 favourite. Um, Dwyer's uh, is a Group 1 winner, I'm pretty sure, um, in Queensland. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, uh, beating Charm Star three starts back. Um, last start, ran behind Think It Over at Ramwick. Um, he's a $6 second favourite. Secret Blaze is one that I'm really interested in. Good performance uh, at Mooney Valley beating Homesman. Um, he's $6.50 and then it's $9.50 the rest. It looks like it's a race in three. How do you sort these three out? Well, it's hard to... It's really hard to fault floating artist. Yeah. Um, he's been extremely progressive. He... You got the feeling from the Ma Eustace count that he's pushing his way to the front of the um, pile. And when um, when Kieran and Dave have an opinion of one, it's like you can sort of feel the vibe coming through the TV where, you know, we're just getting the job done up until now, but we're using it as a fitness builder. And when we rip the Band-Aid off and show you what he's really made of, we might surprise you all. Um where does he sit in terms of, um, you know, if he races tomorrow, does he need to win to get into a Caulfield Cup or, you know, what's he needs his? To win. Okay, so he needs to come out there and win. So we know that there's full intention to win. Do they necessarily go to the Caulfield Cup or could they potentially skip it and head to um, Melbourne through Alexis or straight to a Melbourne? Good question. I will just um, have a quick look to see whether... Look, as far as I'm aware, they want to run in the Caulfield Cup. So their plan is to win here and go to a Caulfield Cup. Uh, he is nominated for the Melbourne Cup, but he's been pretty much nominated for everything, uh, like he's nominated on on Saturday um, at Randwick for a couple of races if the conditions probably didn't suit on the weekend and he wasn't going to walk into a, a Caulfield Cup field. Um, he's also nominated for the Kingston Town over in... Perth in December, over 1,800 metres. Um, so they have nominated him for a few different things. I'm not sure necessarily he's a Melbourne Cup horse, but I think certainly the Caulfield Cup's on their radar, radar if they win on uh, win tomorrow. He was good, very good stand out, um, defeating Skyman Zaydani. You know, look, you, you go back and you have a look at, it was a pretty powerful little move through between the six and the four, four and the two. Once he got into full flight, his last 200 was excellent, plus 3.1, last 200. Home seventh best, last 200 of the day, 11.56. He split, his 11.10 split between the four and the two was equally as good, 22 over the day, 22 on the day overall with the majority of the main splits prior to that um, within the 30s on the day. So... You know, a real strong, sustained run. I think they feel like they got him right from a fitness point of view. It can be interesting because he's up against two pretty smart horses here. Um, Duas, or however we pronounce that one from Sydney, comes down with that group one um, Queensland Oaks form. 
Only had the two starts back this campaign, prop with the trial at Hawkesbury to go with it. Um, you know, it's her performance in the Hill Stakes behind Think It Over, Shared Ambition. She was hard to fault. Monster squeeze, 21.8 lengths squeeze through the mid. Took her to 7.2 lengths above through the midsection. Um, she sustained her run home. Her last 200, there was a second big rebound. Um, well, it's not a, not a rebound. There was a second effort in there sustaining her speed right to the line. She was entitled to sprint home, but she was under, you know, that's a high-pressure 800 metres from her. So that's going to have her grounded pretty well. 11 days in between. There's, an, there's a chance of some flatness off the power of the squeeze, but it gives you a great in, um, insight that she's going really well. She can run back up to her best, which is that Queensland Group 1 performance, where she was fifth best of the day, 1.7 lengths above, which is going to put her in the mix. Um, Secret Blaze, on the other hand, well, I know you started to um, bang the drums about him. You were taken by his performance, JRA Cup, beating Holmes and Rostropovic. Um, I wasn't overly disappointed with Holmesman's performance the other day um, when he decided to serve it up to Zaki. So you definitely wouldn't fault his form line. Um, you know, he had the big 469-day break, which took him a couple of runs to get ready. He put the riding on the wall um, at Caulfield behind Ayrton that he was ready to go, and he launched JRA Cup Day. I thought he was one away, and he peaked this time. I don't know whether he surprised the stable a little bit or whether they were um, ready for what he did. He was sixes into 550, held his... Um, Held his price there in terms of betting, so there must have been a level of expectation about him. But if he repeats, he'll he'll ask a floating artist. We'll, we'll see what's under the bonnet. Um, he'll really stretch him here. Um, from the rest, I think they fall away from those three, and I'd be surprised if the winner didn't come from them. But you could take it away with Secret Place. I know yeah. that's where you're going to be going. I'm a massive Secret Blaze fan. I think, you know, you've got a $1.85 floating artist to win or $1.85 for Secret Blaze to place. Um, I can't see him missing top three. And I did spruik him. Um, it wasn't actually the JRA Cup. The week earlier, he was meant to run against Skyman and I was keen on him and he got scratched. And then we got to the JRA Cup and... Um, I can't remember who I was on in the JRA Cup. Um, I'm sort of kicking myself that I wasn't on. I was probably on Homesman, to be honest, but I was probably kicking myself that I wasn't on Secret Place. But he's got, you know, he's got a plus four against his name, Hayden, going back to uh, the blamey um, February 29, 2020, so 18 months ago, running second to 50 stars. Um, I think 50 stars ran a plus 5.5 that day. Secret Blaze ran a plus four. Um, he then had two further starts and then obviously was off off the scene for over 12 months. And the way his prep was building, you know, he was 1,200, 1,200, 1,400, and then they were ready to step him up to 2,000. And I thought, you know, that's what they wanted to do, get the speed back into his legs and then get him out to his suitable trip. So, yeah, you know, his performance last start, what was it, plus two, plus two and a half? Um, yeah, he's got a plus four in the locker. I'm not saying he will go anywhere near that, but I think he he'll repeat performance. I can't see him missing top three. So for me, he's a uh, smaller win 
bigger the place type play. If he gets out to two bucks, um, he's a max bet type place bet, I think. Race three, Nick Johnston, real estate handicap. Uh, the favourite is Alcyon at $3. Ollie and James Cummings, always a good combination. The group one combination from the Caulfield Guineas. Man Kayan, Linda Meach and Kiramar Dave Eustace is four forty, And then it's $9 the rest. So, you know, it's, we've got a big field here. Um, the market has it as a two-horse race, but this is the type of race that I wouldn't be surprised if there might be a shock result. I loaded the form into uh, the form into the computer for this one and gave the computer a little tap on the side of it to see if it was broken. I thought this was an international race that, um, that the computer may have dragged in with um, international form coming from everywhere. It's an impossible race to bet in. Um, I think all eyes is going to be on Mankayan, who's to get back, um, you know, come from 25 lengths off the leader and swoop home and just miss style performer. He looks progressive. He's, there's an element of excitement about him and they're fantastic horses to watch race. Um, very difficult horses to bet on. Where's he go? What's his mission in life? Is he going to walk through this, heading towards a Lexus Melbourne Cup journey? You know, he's an Australian bloodstock runner, so they're not going to muck around. They're going to want him in the big ones. So what would you say that he would be heading towards? It's a good question. He's in the Melbourne Cup um, nominations. So you're right. They might look at a race like the... Uh, Look at a race like the Lexus, um, or they might just think he's um, 12 months off. I'm having a look now. There's 60 left in the running, and he's 55th in the order of entry. So, yeah, he would have to win an exempt race. They might just think, you know, this is his first, really his first campaign here, or certainly his first campaign here. And he's only had three starts this campaign after a year off. So, my gut feeling is that they might be looking for him in 12 months' time. But if he was to win, they might think, all right, let's go to Alexis with no weight. Yeah. So there's going to be a, um, quite a few runners here under very similar circumstances where they're internationals. They've come over. They've had, um, you know, most of them have had one go. And they've all shown that they've got a some ability. And now it's going to be where can they go to there? Can they start running back up to their OS profiles or... Um, is it all going to come too quick this time around? I was taken by Durston's run at Flemington behind Hosey at Turretin. Um, Again, you know, this camp are a pretty scary camp with the second-tier um, stayers. They're very, very smart operators. And they're very, very good at what they do. So, you know, he's a horse. I'd want to – I'd be happy to see him go around again. But in all honesty, mate, that's impossible to bet in, isn't it? Oh, it does feel like that. Um... Yeah, a lot of unexposed form, as you said, a lot of European form. And that Durston that you're talking about, he's had one start in Australia and that was three months ago. So you just wonder why is there the big gap between runs? Um, so, yeah, I think that's a that's a, a watch and learn type race. Next race is the Beck Pro Build Handicap, 2,400 metres. It's a benchmark 84. Smoke and Romans is $2.90. John Allen, Kiramar, Dave Eustace. Accountability, accountability for Chris Waller, $6.50. Terra Man Sour is $7. Emissari Emer, um, is $8. Reflect the Stars, 10 Pesto, 13 Rudimental, 14 Prince Ziggy, 15 There's a couple more 
in the field there. But um, interesting, the top three in the market have all won at least their last two races. Smoke and Romans has had three on the trot, accountability last two starts, and Taraman Sauer, uh, three wins in a row too. So I suppose there might be a little bit of exposed form in those um, those three horses. Yeah, there is. And this is, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there, mate. There's just winners everywhere. Um, everywhere you look, there's one, one, one. Um, and if they haven't been winning, they've been running second. So really interesting race. I think there'd be some camps here who think that they've got some really progressive style horses. Smoking Romans was this year's person until Grand Promenade said I might be. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the pecking order, has he just dropped down one, which has put him into this race instead of putting him into like Coonji? Or are they just saying, you know, again, it's a little bit early for you, buddy. Um, we'll give you a little bit more time. He might be another, you know, he might have an autumn, big autumn campaign because he's pretty much won his way through the benchmark style races. And now he's ready to have a go at these low level listed style staying events. But he's hard to fault. His yeah. profiles, his profile's excellent. And even though, like, his, his last start, Mooney Valley, Fifth best of the day overall performance. Sustained speed, sustained pressure. To um, he went to the well twice. He might have pulled up a bit flat from that run. Hence the fifty-three day break. Or did they have the fifty-three day break to see if they could hang on to him to get him a bit deeper into the spring? Um, you know, these are the sort of horses that, if they could win a race like this, could they stay up potentially for that thirty-two hundred? That thirty-two hundred meter race, that Sandown Cup. Is that still um, a thing or mm. on the same day? So, you know, these are the horses that could start heading towards races like that um, if they don't head to a shot at the stumps at like Alexis or something. So, you know, for me, he was interesting. Um, I thought the move to bring accountability down from Sydney, last two performances, Kembla Grange have both been excellent. Um, you know, Ollie goes on, Walla, dangerous, wonder why they're here whether they're here just because the horse is flying and they think they can win some more prize money, or is there a little hidden agenda there? You know, the horse have been up since June, um, not off a giant break either. So even though this is fitness-wise, it's definitely um, peaking, while are always dangerous. But another race, not overly keen to bet into. Okay. Uh, let's move on then. Race six, uh, second leg of the quaddy. Sorry, are we up to race five? Sorry, High, the first leg of the quaddy. Highland Race Colours Handicap, 1,400 metres. We've got Frankie Pino is uh, $3.70. Agreeable, $5. Good and proper, $7.50. Ilafare uh, looks like a Coolmore horse um, out of, um, by Dundee is $7.50. Grinzinger Ali for Danny O'Brien's 10. Imperial Lad, 12. Not to be missed, 15 Seb Song 15, Mr. Moneybags 19, Mr. Tipler 21. There is exposed form here, I would have thought. There is, and there's plenty of it, and it's very hard to line up. Um, we've got form from Sandown and Flemington meeting form from Catherine and Darwin. <laughs> in with form from Trentham and Ellerslie. Yeah. So we've got a mixed bag of lollies and some progressive horses. One of the, I'm expecting, um, you know, we were talking the other day to Jules Valance about horses that get back and run on and um, 
the punters really like to get engaged with those style of horses. Well, those punters would have seen the run of Frankie Pino at Sandown, uh, flew home from the back behind. Cirileo, Miss Embolism, Barbie, Fox and Co. Uh, 4.6 lengths above benchmark combined last 400. Home 11.54, six fastest last 200 of the meeting. 10.74 split between the four and the two's low level flying, even though there is a little bit of downhill assistance there at Sandown. So they can run right into the mid 10s there if the track um, allows them to do so. But for a progressive horse, um, stays at 1,400 track, not, might not be overly favourable. So all eyes are going to be on the track early for those who want to back this runner to see if they can get out wide and make ground. Uh, but he's definitely a runner who's ready to win. He repeat of his previous to put him right in the thick of things late. Um, so dangerous runner. Grinzinger Alley been a little bit disappointing for Danny O'Brien. Um, smart, very talented when right. So it's that's the runner I want to keep an eye on. Ilafar brings the New Zealand form over, definitely up to these. Uh, market might tell the story. Willow goes on, interesting move. Um, definitely a horse that you want to keep on side. And agreeable, another one I think has been a little bit disappointing. I think the camp have a bit of an opinion of it. Um, first run back after a 130-day break was good. The last, you know, 600 was serious, um, serious work. Second best of the day overall figure, and they've come straight to town. So they might have used that as a trial thinking that we could come here and strike gold. So definitely a horse you want to keep on side. Um, Frankie Pino just in on top for me with a difficult race and race shape for it, making it hard to bet on. Uh, big watch, Ilafare, and those mentioned. All right. I, I think I mentioned Ilafare looked like it was Coolmore Silks. It is similar Silks, but it's not, not Coolmore. It's Niarco Stud. Um, so good luck to connections there. The next race, race six, is the Blue Sapphire Stakes. One of the features of the day, Profiteer $2.80, comes out of the Moya Stakes, where I don't think he was all that disappointing. Uh, Minks Moment last start winner is $4. I know it's had a bit of support. Uh, Extreme Warrior for Mick Price and Mick Kent Jr., stablemate to Profiteer. Last start winner at Echuca at $5.50. Port Louis, $9.50. Jigsaw, $10. Scissor Step, $17. Prowling 18, Ranveer 19, Growl 34, Cardinal Gem $81. How do you how do you line these up, mate? For me, Profiteer clearly brings that group one form. And um, I think there might be a little bit of value at $2.80 playing Profiteer. Well, I find that um, I find what you just said then pretty hard to disagree with. Um, you know, you turn, you wind the clock back again, something that I'm not overly, um, I don't overly concern myself with, but let's go on a different tangent here and say, okay, from an SP profile perspective, um, we're getting the same opening price here as what we were asked to take last week, heading into a group one Moya against the likes of Wild Ruler, the Inferno. You know, we're talking about horses that potential Everest slots or are going to an Everest, um, whether it be those run or after that run. Horse itself being beaten 2.6 lengths, um, finishing six of 11. I don't think it was overly disappointing either. And not only that, I think the form of that race through the top six um, should all should hold up, especially around the top. 
you know, we've got proven performers, Wild Ruler, Trekking, the Inferno, etc. He led. There was a bit of velocity there. The squeeze through the mid-race might have undone him. That's the most um, that's the most he's ever been asked for in his short little career. So he'll be battle-hardened off that. And in terms of, okay, let's do some mental numbers off the top of your head. Um, let's, let's go on another tangent here and say, okay, from a class perspective, in terms of IVR figures, what lengths, how many lengths class difference do you reckon we're talking here? Well, I reckon, what did he run? A plus one and a half last start. If he runs to that level again, I don't know if there's another horse here that's that's in that category. So I'm talking about from uh, versus the Moyer stakes. So the Moyer were asked to go, you know, 3.9 lengths above benchmark to win a wild ruler. The yep. Inferno, that 3.8 level, even tracking, who was a tad unlucky behind those two, went to the two and a half mark. Yeah. Um, let's bring it all back into context. You go a bit better than one here, and it's going to be hard to miss the podium. Yeah. Um, More than that would be hard to lose. Yeah, the velocity is going to ask them to um, – they'll go to the number purely because of how, you know, they should scoot along here. They'll be asked to go to the bottom of the well. There's a series of horses here who can push that benchmark level. Um, you know, you've, you've got probably seven or eight there that can all go to benchmark. So if you're going to win the race, you're, going to have to, you're most likely going to have to go two to win. He's the most likely to go there hmm. from my thought process anyway. You'll do it from the front and you'll likely get an on-speed advantage from the front. Um, and, and let me ask you this, Hayden. I think he broke benchmark all three sections last start. It's what we expect in a group one. But how often do horses break benchmark through all three sections? Now, a lot of that has to do with track condition. So obviously the faster the, race, the track races, the um, more likely you are to do so. So take it back to Caulfield last week. There's quite a lot of horses who um, were able to achieve that. You go to a race like a Moya, you know, those group one sprints around places like Mooney Valley, et cetera, you're more likely to break benchmark all three sections. You drop back a grade and two sections of combined pressure normally means you can press into that city class, city class style form. Um, so it's not as odd as what you think, but it's definitely a sign of a horse with not only talent, but still with some upside. I reckon the uh, little bit of the pressure through the mid, um, as well as, you know, the little drop off last 200, I know he'd had enough, uh, but there's a chance that there's still between half and one length of conditioning improvement in him as well. I think 1200, he's better suited. That was his first go over a thousand. Yeah. Um, he'll get a more fluent race shape. And I think he can dominate from the front. So I'm interested in him. And for me, he's the sort of runner that is a betting um, prospect. I think Extreme Warrior, the stable mate, looks like one of the likely ones who could leap. Um, his performance is good. If they're having a shot at the stumps with a horse like him. Um, and after that, Minx moment, the Waller runner. Um, yeah. Then you've got Port Louis, Mar Eustace, you know, They've got profiles that say, okay, we've got the platform here to be a nice horse. Let's see if we can go on with it. But, you know, you're going to have to go out there and beat him. So good luck to him. Yep. All right, let's look at uh, the 1,000 guineas. Hinged comes out of a group one race behind Never Been Kissed, the flight stakes. 
Uh, ran second there. Four dollar favourite now from Zuzarella four sixty. Barb Raider five fifty. Elusive Express ten. Heresy ten. Swift Witness twelve. Uh, $19 the rest in this thousand guineas. I thought the hinged form was clearly the form. Swift Witness comes out of the same race. So at $12, there might be a bit of value there for a horse who ran fourth behind hinged. But for me, I think I think hinge brings all the right form lines. Yeah, it's hard to ignore. Um, you know, sometimes you see that the form lines marry up. And then you see horses like um, Never Been Kissed come out on the weekend, do what it did behind the boys. Then you see Star Taunts. You know, it's a horse that we know the form's frank there. It's had a performance um, with the boys in the Golden Rose. So everything around it works. You know, when the tree branches go off in a um, analytical aspect, it just ticks boxes from everywhere. Um, and had went on that little winning streak up in Queensland, so you know it's a um, you know it's a winner. There's no problem at all there. Had the platforms, I didn't th- see it going as big as what it did. You know, we've been continuously talking all um, yeah, probably for the last eight weeks. We've been waiting for one of the fillies to say, okay, it's me. Yeah, uh, we've we've seen that with Never Been Kissed. We've seen that with Star Tons. We've seen that with this horse. I think it's overs, to be honest. I think you're betting on flatness and flatness only. If you're prepared to go back to that level, um, boy, oh boy, you know, I think you're going to be mighty hard to beat, in all honesty. Um, There has been some, I have seen some commentary that Hinge got all the favours at Randwick last start and Swift Witness was in the wrong part of the track. I'm not sure how how deep you've dived into that or whether that's something you've got access to um, right now. Um, yeah, you can get all the favours. That's all well and good. The thing with Swift, when I'm looking at the two, um, Swift Witness career fastest 5.9 lengths above benchmark first section, sustained yep. speed through the mid. What that did was that gave horses like never been kissed, hinged, um, Star Tons, for example, that gave them the opportunity to run the big number if they had it within them. Yep. You know, that's like when you go back and you have a look at Artorias's profile as he leads up into a race like a Golden Rose, et cetera, he was waiting for that big race shape to prove that he's a bit of a monster. Um, you know, Swift Witness would be a very dangerous, very, very dangerous runner here if she gets to control things from the front. Um and she gets to just lower the pressure from the front as well. She's not going to want another race shape like that. Mm. She'd be hard to beat if she wants to pour the pressure on. She's better off pouring it on through the mid, not as fast early. She won't yep. have yep. to do that um, here. And D's not the typical rider that's going to want to do that either. You know, that's not in his nature. You switch it around and you get a more aggressive front-running rider on. You know, you get a Timmy Clark or something in here. He's going to feel the power and go, okay, let's see if we can um, try and pinch this through the mid or let's bust him up early. Yep. Yeah, he's not going to sit back and um, allow another runner just to go out and win a group one. So she's going to be all hands on deck here. Let's go out and um, let's see what she's made of. But for me, you know, she's just going to be the – it's the peloton time. She's going to drag. She's going to ask the best horse 
to step up and that will be Hinge's opportunity to, um, I'm, you know, there's part of me that thinks this might be a demolition job. Um, I'm starting to think that way, but I'll know more tomorrow afternoon. So Hinge definitely on top for me from Swift, Swift Witness. Um, from the Melbourne Brigade, the horse that I thought was the leaper was Elusive Express, Dry McNeil. Has a couple of little um, ticks there to say that it's a nice horse. The Craig Williams runner, Barb Raider, that was impressive. Its last um, 400 was very impressive last start at 1,800 metres, which is an odd way to come back to the mile, but I think it's a smart training move. Um, and then obviously got horses like Zuzarella and Heresy, who have been uh, past marks through their whole Melbourne campaign. But for me, I'm probably going to put this in the corner. It might be my um, on top of for the day. Yep, definitely. I've already had a bet. Uh, and I think I posted on Twitter for anyone who follows me that I thought um, when Zuzarella went up favourite, I thought they had it wrong. Um, and that sort of worked itself out now. Last race is the Cadillac Jewelers Ladies. Uh, let me start that again. Cadillac Jewelers Ladies Day Vars. Cyrileo Miss is two dollars eighty. Brings the right sort of numbers here. I think only words four eighty. Harmony Rose five fifty. Uh, comes out Harmony Rose of the Group One um, behind Private Eye. Uh, Butter Chicken nine dollars. Star Rail nine fifty. Ecumenical nineteen. Foxy Frieda, 19, Aidensfield, 26, Barbie's Fox, 34. There's a few others there as well. But Leo Miss, last start performance. We, we mentioned uh, the runner-up, Frankie Pino, earlier. Well, Leo Miss, that was, um, you yeah, know, what was that? A couple of lengths and a half above benchmark. Yeah, it was. It was a good performance too. And um, Craig really had the attitude there that he was on best horse in the race. Um you know, left it exposed a long way from home, probably earlier than what he wanted to go. Um, super smart tactical ride and gave us all what we needed to see, that the horse had some um, genuine ability. Linda goes on, so no knock from a riding shift there. I was actually interested in Craigie Boy's move to go to this um, star up because that's a horse that, that first... Some horse first up, I was extremely interested in and um, had a couple of shekels on myself at Mega Rods the place, only to miss by a nose um, into fourth. Yep, like in all honesty, once again, it's a pretty easy thing for me to assess here. Who do you, who's the best horse in the race? Uh, well. If I'm being honest, I actually think Harmony Rose is the best horse in the race. Harmony Rose. Harmony Rose ran third to Lions Raw and Mwanga in that um, uh, 1600 meter ran with Guineas last prep. And they were, I think Lions Raw ran something like plus four in that performance. Well, I'm, I'm in a grant that Harmony Rose is the best horse in the race. I ask you, um, what's our problem with Harmony Rose going to be though? Well, last start, um, I haven't broken down the form. I'm guessing she went way too quick last start, so she's probably um, she's probably going to be flatlining here. Let me just get up her last start performance because I don't have it as um, as easy as you, but off the top of my head, they went super quick in the Epsom. Harmony Rose has gone 11 lengths above benchmark through that first section, so 
generally need three weeks at least to recover from that. If not, it could be an end of prep run. So that, that would be the question mark, right? That's the question mark. And that's the big problem that I have. What she's going to need. Um, she's only she's 11 done, days between runs. She's 11 days in between runs. So the last time she was asked to do this, she backed up um, 14 days later. And she had a 33, she went 33 lengths slower through the first section and that wasn't enough to um, get her in fighting out the finish there at Randwick over 2,400. Obviously that was up to 2,400, so it's vastly different yeah. than what she faces here. Um, but she definitely would have known she had a run there at Randwick. Mm. The drop-off between the four and the two, she sustained at home, but the drop-off was alarming. So that it, she definitely felt the run. So that's where I had an issue. She's the horse I drew towards. She was the best horse in the race. Um, yep. You know, she looked like, um, thanks for coming, best of the day, will not miss the money. But I just had that little problem with her. Um, Star Rail's race shape's concerning me with the um, rail where it is. But again, 10 to 1, I think she's a silly, silly, silly price. So I'll be watching with intrigue throughout the day to see you know, A, if that, they start getting off the rail and they can make ground from wider in the track, then she comes right into play for mine. Um, if not, Cyrileo Miss looks like the horse is going to get the ideal run in the ideal race, present yep. to the middle of the track and be the horse to run down. So Star L on top for me, Cyrileo Miss, Star L. Um, and the watch runner is Only Words. And the other one is Buttered Chicken, who's had all the wraps in the world on it. Um, Looks progressive, but, you know, these bag runners, we're yet to see what's really under the bonnet until she gets the day and race shape to do so. All right, you've summed that up. Well, for me, my best bets hinged in the 1,000 guineas. I'm already on. I think Profiteer, uh, take that Moya Stakes form on face value. $2.80 looks value for Profiteer. And Secret Blaze at the each way in the Coongee, smaller win, bigger the place. I can't see Secret Blaze missing the top three. That's my best bets. I'll post um, our combined best bets on uh, the Facebook page tomorrow, Hayden, and looking forward to joining you with the great man, Peter Volandis. Should be very enjoyable, mate. And to uh, everybody sitting at home tomorrow, enjoy your day. Good punching, mate. Chat to you then. See you, mate. See ya.